Derek. <laughs> and I'm Noah. And you're listening to About If. Where we take our current favorite pop culture obsession and enjoy it one nibble at a time. Boop, 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 boop. Penultimate episode. Penultimate episode. The one before the last. Episode 8 of Bly Manor. Yes, the romance of certain old clothes. Mm-hmm. The episode was titled was misleading. Not misleading, but when you first see it, it's like, I wonder what this is about. Weird. And I remember when they released the um, episode art Yeah, for all of the episodes, this one was all blank. It was like a hangman, you know, game Oh, or that's whatever. right. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I was super interested to see what this title was. I avoided it this entire time until we watched it. And I was like, okay, this didn't give anything away. No. Like, <laughs> we were like, what does it mean? You're right. <laughs> Is this like the Devil Wears Prada? What's happening? Kind of. Sort of, right? Yeah, before Prada. Mm-hmm. Just the devil. <laughs> yeah, just the devil wears. <laughs> the devil sans Prada. Mm-hmm. So before we get into the episode, we're currently doing this goal of ours at the end of 2020. We would love to get 100 reviews on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever. Um, we've gotten quite a few so far, but like we're a quarter of the way there, which is great. Exciting. Unprompted. Yeah. yeah. And I did want to read one that we've gotten and I thought it was really awesome. Mm. So this person, the title of it is Awesome Podcast. And they said, as a Twilight fan, I loved hearing y'all talk about the saga and the knowledge and insights you brought to it. It's a great change to hear guys talk about it for once. LOL. I'm still working through the Midnight Sun episodes, but I can't wait to hear the rest of your podcast. Keep up the great work. Mm. Super sweet. Love it. Thank you. You're amazing. Hopefully you've got this far into season two (laughs) (laughs) to hear your view on the podcast. But in season one, we covered Midnight Sun. By Stephanie Meyer, which was a lot of fun to cover. Mm -hmm. We took it as it was. So I'm glad somebody thought it was great. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for calling me a guy. (laughs) 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 All right. Recap. Recap. So episode seven of The Haunting of Blind Manor was uh, The Two Faces 2. The Two Faces Part 2. Yeah, Yeah. Two Faces 2. And this is where we saw kind of PQ's ultimate plan and why he's been pulling some sheet, what he did to Ms. Jessel, what's going on with Mrs. Gross. I mean, we knew that already, but then we saw what she finally figured out. And Danny was hogtied almost the whole time. Right. And then choked out. Yeah. By the lady of the lake. Right. We found out. Pretty much all the plans working. Yeah. You know, coming to a head. So. Yeah. And as a prediction in the last one, they didn't continue that part of the story. They did not. It went back in time for this episode. Yeah. I loved it. But still, I was like, okay, okay, fine. I will wait again. <laughs> so before we take a bite of The Haunting of Bly Manor, we, of course, have to put spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. So this one is like sort of a big deal, I think, in the whole season because it's really giving you the history of the house so be sure that if you do not want to know the secret of the season who the lady of the lake is uh to not listen to this mm-hmm. come visit it at a later time when you've watched the episode so that is our due diligence and giving you a spoiler alert yeah spoiler gets are open now so continue listening i this episode was like the turducken of terror because it was like a ghost story within a ghost story within a narrative so you got your turkey your chicken and your duck bam 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 (laughs) all given to us in a neat little package yeah like a horror 
gothic. Yeah. You know, ghost story. I immediately loved right off the bat that it was in black and white. Uh-huh. I was like, this is great. I love it because the original like movie, The Innocence and all of it was black and white. So I was like, this is cool. I, yeah. I like this ghost story. Like they that. said period piece. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Watch this. Right. Black and white. It's old. Yeah. We go to the 17th century. I yes. believe that was six, 1600s. 1600s, yeah. right? Is that math right? I believe so. Yeah. Right. Did I do math right? You did math right. You also know years too, which is really impressive. I how about eh? Uh, yep, I dabbing. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a lot of narration in this episode, and I feel like Carla Cugino really earned her paycheck in yeah, this one. Yeah, it was a very narrated heavy one. Lots of lozenges, sips of water, tea. I think she had a lot to do with vocal training for the accent. This she nailed it. Like rehearsal dinner is very long. <laughs> <laughs> apparently you can feel the tension in the guests being like she's still talking and the bride being like did you invite her and the groom being like no did you and it's like awkward <laughs> i need to get my hair done i have to wake up early tomorrow. can i have bags under my eyes i'm getting married right <laughs> so <laughs> none of that happened in the episode by the no way. <laughs> it did not no. <laughs> so the story within a story it tells the story of the bly sisters essentially the the lloyd sisters Viola and Perdita. Yes. Which I'm going to keep saying her name Perdita because that's the name of the mom Dalmatian in 101 Dalmatians. It is. Yeah. Perdita darling. They do call her Purdy. Yeah. I think in the episode. So. Very British name. Yeah. I've never heard it in my life. Perdita. 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 Oh my God. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like I was going insane for a second. (laughs) So the oldest daughter, Viola. We find out that, or is it Viola? Viola? I think they say Viola. Okay. Instrument or flower (laughs) color. I don't know. So it's Kate Siegel. So we finally Uh, get Kate Siegel, even though she's been in the show this entire time as a lady of the lake. Yep. (laughs) She's strutting through that house with those muddy feet. Right. So awesome that she's back from Hill House. Mm -hmm. I think she knocked out of the park. She came in, did one whole episode with her, and she killed it again. Mm-hmm. I mean, she did amazing as Theo. I'm so happy to see her back. <laughs> yeah, she had it. She had different ranges. She had a lot to go through. There was illness involved. There was rage involved. Mm-hmm. There was water acting involved. <laughs> Faceless stuff involved. Yeah, yeah. So we start this story, and you see their father dying, mm. and it's both of the sisters, and the narrator's talking about how they're women. Then you really aren't anything unless you're married. Right. And the estate, the, you know, Bly Manor is gonna go to something if they don't get married. And there's this interesting thing that happens that, you know, the narrator is talking about both sisters and Perdita or Purdy, whatever they call her, whatever we want to call her. She, she's charming and she, you know, she likes attention. She's just a very free spirited. Yeah. She's more kind and sweet. Right. And Viola is very much, you know. Cunning, I think they said. Yeah, they said she has wit. Mm-hmm. She has a lot of wit about her. And so they, there's a scene of them at a party and Perdita is like leaning into all the male attention and she's loving it. And always in the back of Viola's mind, she's like, all these people want are our money. That's the only mm. reason they're being nice to us. That's the only reason they're here. So Viola is very much about protecting what is theirs and keeping it in the family. Also, all the men are men. Like she can see it. Yeah. Like through them. She's like, they're... 
you know, they're, they have conquests, you know, they, right. they have their eyes on the state and the body. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So in order to, you know, keep the riches within the family, what do you do back then? You marry your long lost cousin Artie. Mm. They had the same, he had the same last name as her. So it's fine. You don't have to change your name. No. Less paperwork. Good. Just you and Arthur, you haven't seen him in a while. He's grown up into a man. It's nice. I just, I did want to point out my comment was not in favor of <laughs> Incest or inter It was satirical. Marriage. Yes. Yeah. I just, hey, <laughs> I could feel somebody getting a soundbite of that and being like, this guy is calling for a Jamie and Cersei Lannister no! situation. <laughs> Never! Never! So you could see that um, Perdita is very fond of her older sister. She, she holds her in a, a high regard, mm-hmm. which normal little siblings do to their sisters or other siblings. And- for her defiance. I feel like she's very strong-willed. She's very stubborn and she mm-hmm. knows what she wants. So they devise this plan. They they do it on purpose. They invite Arthur to the manor and she had this picture commissioned. She had it to where when she walked in, she looked all like, I own this place. I can walk into this house with my riding boots mm-hmm. on. And in that time also, they had... Perdita being like, I don't know how the books of the house work. I don't know how finances work. So it, it, they're grooming Arthur to at least marry one of them. Well, that's that's kind of where I see like the first sort of um, wrongdoing between the sisters happen is that I think that Perdita actually liked Arthur. She liked him. She found him charming. I think she liked him mm-hmm. m- more than Viola did. And then Viola came in and swooped him away from her. Right. Yeah, I think, yeah, she she definitely developed feelings early on, yeah. or at least it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, let's go do this. And then once the other person gets more attention or is getting ahead, it's like, wait, yeah, what about me? And so they still had that plan. And there's an interesting part when they show the marriage where in the, the vows or, you know, Viola having, how do you say her name? Am I saying it right? I feel like every time I say it, it's wrong. I say... I think they say, I think I kept saying it Viola in my head, like Viola Davis, but I think they say it Viola. Okay. Viola. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this part where you have to obey to love and cherish and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And she purposely omits the obey part. And I loved it. I she was ain't like, nobody's nothing. Yeah. She's like, um, all of this is mine. I'm not going to obey, especially my cousin that I'm marrying. Ew. Mm. Gross. Mm. And there's this like side look that she gives her sister and they're like, yeah, you go girl. Yeah. Cause she says it, the narrator says that like Purdy wouldn't have thought, thought she would have done anything different and neither should God because God made her this way. God made Viola this way. And that's just how she is. Yeah. If that's how she is, that's how she was made. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> so shortly after that, there's this running theme in the whole episode. She sleeps, she wakes, she walks. Mm-hmm constantly like she i i feel like once she got the man and she has her manner and she's like this is good she it doesn't sit right with right her. exactly and so she's constantly waking up restless in the middle of the night walking down to a study eating an apple and then there's a moment where she actually falls in love with arthur mm-hmm. or at least accepts him and she gets pregnant and has a kid they when they share they share an apple that mm-hmm. night to like signify that but in the background mm-hmm. is Perdita watching them yeah she's she's also in the background when she has the kid Mm -hmm. so it's like her sister's life is moving forward and she's getting everything and she's stagnant 
Right. And it's like, okay, we did this plan together and you said it was us and now it's you and not me. Can I go now? Like, <laughs> why am I still here? Can I get married now? Please? <laughs> and and throughout this episode, we see these moments where Perdita is sort of noticing Arthur and Viola is not liking that. Mm-hmm. And then we see that time is moving on and uh-oh, she's sick. Yeah, Viola has the lung. The lung. It's not the plague. And they're like, ah, it's the lung. Right. Yeah, the the plague doctor, or at least the costume at this point, does make an appearance. So we're like, ah, that's where that that creepy ghost in the background comes from. Yeah. And Perdita tells this plague doctor that you need to cure her. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't care whatever happens, you need to cure her. So you're you're still seeing that Perdita is very much attached to her sister, very protective, how she should be. Yeah. And they give her months to live. Yeah. Like she shouldn't live past a couple months. What does Viola do? She's like, nah, I'm not going to die. They come in to read her rights and she's like, no, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not dying. Yeah. Which I appreciated. I was like, yeah, if you don't want to go, don't go. Yeah. And she lives much longer than yeah. she should have. <laughs> and and again, in that scene, when they're doing the last rites and she won't repeat after the vicar, Perdita is there again going, that's right. You tell them. You mm-hmm. do this when you want to do this. They don't have anything over you. Exactly. So again, she's backing her sister up. Very conflicted. She doesn't know if she hates her or she loves her, but either way, she's going to protect her. Yeah. And then, and this is this time, the six years that Viola lives after she gets sick, you're seeing Perdita pretty much going into her shoes mm. because she's bedridden. She's yeah. sick all the time for six years. One, that I would be not happy about that. We've been in quarantine for like, Six months. And I'm like, okay, get me out. (laughs) It felt, you know what? It felt like a little on the nose, right? Because she's in quarantine. And then whenever they have to visit her, they hold handkerchiefs over their faces like masks because they can't breathe in her air. I'm like, this is hitting too close to home. Right. And you've been in bed for the past, like, how many weeks? Because of your back surgery. Oh, yeah. I went crazy. (laughs) I went crazy after like three weeks of laying around. I was like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. Like, you can't. Oh, I can't. You, you can't. can't. Yeah. Oh, God. Too real. So she's really taking on her shoes. She's taking on all the responsibility of the manor, taking care of her kid, Isabel. Isabel. I mean, not – she's, like, being a companion to Arthur as well. And we see this night where the daughter wants to dance. And she's like, no, you need to go to bed. She's like, no, I want to dance. And so Arthur dances with her. And then Arthur's like, hey – you know, sister of my wife that I haven't, you know, been intimate with for six years mm-hmm. or however long it was at this point. Why don't we show her how it's done? And that's when you see this this connection that there's something there. But I have to give it to Perdita for not acting on it. Yeah, she, well, ne- yeah, neither of them do. They respect right. Viola. Yeah. And she danced with her. I mean, him. And it's fine. But then out comes Miss Sickity Sick Sick. Girl. And she's like, what's happening? Yeah. She's like. You bitch. I didn't want to miss the ball. Yeah. And then she throws up and they got a puke pail right there for her. And then she's holding and then Perdita's holding her hair back. And then, you know, she thanks her. She slaps her across the she face. She slaps the living shit out of Perdita. Crackety crack, crack, crack. Yeah. Like one yeah. whole body motion yeah. just takes out her face. Ka-chow. Yeah. And I loved it. 
And that becomes like a running theme with her and yeah, her like yeah. sick state that she's like, I can't stop slapping my sister. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, Perdon is like washing her back and she's like, it'll be okay. And she's like, I won't. Ka-ka! Right. Yeah. She just has had it. And more time passes by and we're getting to the six year mark. And Viola is being more, I guess, stubborn. Yeah. More sick more resentful i would say and it feels like she's feeling like i don't want perdita to have anything that was mine so we have learned through this whole thing that she loved jewels and she Mm -hmm. got all these gorgeous dresses so she takes all the jewels and the dresses and she locks them away in a trunk in the attic with some rose petals in there right exactly and she says to arthur this is for isabel she is not supposed – no one will open it but Isabel, mm-hmm. and she can only do it when she's of age. Right. This has to be up there, which to me sort of feels like a spiteful thing that nobody can get their hands on this mm-hmm. except for her. Meaning I don't want Perdita to touch this stuff at all. I saw it more of as a sweet thing. I, I think she started realizing that, like, I actually can't dance with my daughter. I know I can't do this stuff because there was a conversation before that with her and Perdita where – she was washing her mm-hmm. and she kept telling Viola, she was like, do you want your daughter to remember you this way? This nasty, sick, mm-hmm. you know, awful person. And then we get her, you know, making like an inheritance to her daughter. Yeah. It could have definitely been selfish, but yeah. I think that what happens later on is what makes me feel like it was right. a selfish move. Yeah. It, there's always like, to be on the nose, two faces with these people. Like constantly. Part five. <laughs> right. And so they do that. He hides the key. And there's a moment where she just gets sick. She gets too sick and Perdita's is there. And there's this part where she realizes like she's she she needs to go. Mm-hmm. Like she needs to like you're just too sick. This is awful. But it's not mercy. And the narrator explains that she just had enough. Like the sisters just had it. Well, it's everything, right? She's, from what we can see, Perdita has been taking care of her every single day. And she never gets any, she only gets grief and strife yeah. from it. Yeah. And so, slapped like and 70 slapped. things. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, and awful. she only stops her one every three slaps. So that's a lot of slaps that still connect. Not without like it just brushing her face. It's yeah. like... She can slap, though. She, she slippy slaps. She doesn't <laughs> she, care. She's like, I'm not using any other energy in my life to do anything but slap my sister. She built up the last two weeks worth of energy exactly. to slap the shit out She's of her She's like, sister. I want to lay in bed for four days so I could slap the <laughs> shit out of Perdita tomorrow. <laughs> so she suffocates her. Yeah. And it's Dunzo's for Viola. And then the story continues because there's still people living in the house. And what does Arthur do? Marries the sister. Big no, no. No bueno. You're in a gothic ghost story. I know they don't know this, but you're in a gothic ghost story. You don't marry the person that you just murdered spouse ever. Yeah. Also, just in general, it's just kind of gross. I yeah. I Like, it was definitely wrong for Perdita and gross for him. Just not good. What did Isabel think of the whole thing? We don't know. Well, Isabel, actually, we know she yeah. hates Perdita. I was about to say she refused to accept her as her, yeah. like, adoptive mother. Yeah. She's not like, no. happening. And so we find out in this that Arthur, which Perdita blames Arthur, but I think it's just the state of things, that their finances are gone. Yeah. Like, they're going to lose the manor. They're going to lose everything. 
Because in reality, Viola was the one who knew how to manage everything. Right, she the was the head of the yeah. estate, and once she's gone, I guess Perda didn't really think that through. Also, you would think that Perda would like at some point learn how to learn do something. It. <laughs> yeah, you've been sitting there for how long? Like, come yeah. on, come get on. it, girl. Yeah, get it together. And Perda pretty much tells Arthur, like, "There's literally a treasure chest above our heads. Can we just like sell it? Like, we know it's for Isabel, but come on, like." She's not going to have a home yeah. if we don't do that, which I kind of agree with Perdita about. And I feel like it was gross for her to speak for Viola being like, well, she would have wanted she would, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girl, you murdered her. You don't know what she wants. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not a good look. But it's also true. I think there's some truth to it. I don't think that her mother would have not wanted that to happen. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I don't know. But regardless of what Viola would have wanted, Arthur's like, no. Mm-hmm. It's for Isabel. So what is Perda to do? She done gone sneak into his office. She get the keys, open the letter, and she goes up. One, two, three. Also, why is there so many keys? So many keys, so many locks. And unless they're numbered or symboled, how does she get it perfectly on the first try to open all those? It would be really funny if it was just the same key. Right. <laughs> just put three of them. They're all just, it's just two spares. Nobody realizes it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, because you can't turn three locks by yourself at no. once. You know what? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so she opens the trunk. She takes the, you know, the light, you know, gauzy fabric away, pushes the petals, gone, gone, gone. And she picks up the first beautiful dress. And she seems so relieved until ah, ghost hands. Choke, 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 choke. Yeah. They come through the dress. That was probably like the most jump scary. Yeah. Part of this entire season so far. Mm -hmm. I didn't really jump, but I was like. Yeah, it wasn't cool. (laughs) No, because I expected something to happen. I just didn't expect like ghost hands to come out of a dress. I wish you could all could see Noah's ghost hands coming at me right now. <laughs> like this. <laughs> so she kills Perdita. Mm. And we find out that, that that's the faceless ghost. Yeah. That was in the attic. Yeah. Because as we learned from the last episode in our ghost logistics episode of Bly Manor, that if you try to leave or whenever you come back, you're always anchored to the spot that it happened. Yeah. So Peaky always goes back to this, like the stair case part where he died and so that's where it's kind of sad yeah all. that's the poor ghost that pq grabbed and just like shook he's like do you want to end up like this and she was just like oh, no. she's like what's happening oh my god leave me alone jerk <laughs> so when the hands come out and kill her we then kind of go back in time it, it more of? just like yeah it just it tells explains the story it, right of when viola died right mm-hmm. so when viola wakes so viola's dies and she sort of wakes up in the let's say what's called the afterlife or purgatory you call it the chest room the chest room mm-hmm. she she's realizing like what is happening where am i she takes the gauze off her face she wakes up she goes to leave the door it's locked she goes to look out the window it's black she opens the wardrobe all the dresses are in there and all the jewels are on the table so in my mind what this all represents is that that last act of what I'm calling a defiant act against Perdita of locking away all the jewels. It's her last act of being spiteful. And that is what has locked her Hmm. there. This is your perpetual hell because this is your last evil act that you did before you died. I mean, it's her, everything that she is, is in that trunk. 
Right. Yeah. And she but why hid did, it from everybody. Right. So it's just like, why wouldn't she pass on like every other spirit? It's because it was done with evil intent. Oh, yeah. I mean, as we saw, the whole point of this episode, and I think a lot of people would get confused and like, why are they telling all this story of other ghosts and stuff like that? It's like, well, I think it's really interesting to find out why it's haunted in the first place. Mm. Like, who started all of it? Yeah. And her, like, will and rage and stubbornness, because she didn't die for six years with the lung, that's, like, almost unheard of. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that she essentially made, like, this, like, vortex of terror yeah. <laughs> in the manner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then that's whose hands that come out and choke Perdita because she's waiting. The door's going to open. And she thinks, well, the only person that's supposed to be opening this door is Isabel. And I'm going to see her again. And it's that bitch Perdita. That was a really sad moment. The whole, um, she sleeps, she wakes, she walks happened for about a good minute in the mm-hmm. show. And it showed her waiting for six or however long years. Yeah. Endless nights, they said. Yeah. And she was just waiting and waiting. And she realized she was like, I'm dead. I get it. She's like, but I'm in this trunk, quote mm-hmm. unquote. It should be opened when Isabella opens it. So she waits by the door like every night with the dress holding and she's waiting for her daughter. And her murderer opens it. Yeah. So she murders her murderer. I would be. I would too. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then Arthur discovers Perdita's body in the attic and the ghost of Viola is there and she sees how sad he is. So she's like, all right, I'll go back in the trunk and <laughs> I'll wait until Isabel opens me again right and then arthur finally is like well this place is a shithole everybody dies here we're not living here anymore they have no money i want to go yeah yeah so he and isabel leave and as they're moving viola's in the trunk and shaking around she's like it's happening i'm gonna be with them and he's like no this trunk is cursed i don't want anything to do with it so isabel and i are gonna throw it in the lake it's, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. It's so sad. To, I mean, Viola wasn't necessarily a bad person. You know what I mean? Like, but what did she do wrong? Like, she got sick. She was sick for a very long time after she had her daughter, after she got married mm. with the people that she loved. And she had to see her sister now take on the role that she was supposed to be having. I don't think she intentionally meant to double cross her sister because it, before she got sick, there was no like malice between them. You yeah, but I she mean? was controlling. Hmm. You know, she told Perdita, don't marry anyone. This has to stay within us. You know, she was whispering to her in bed. And so she was always a bit, I guess, not, I don't want to say wily, but she was always the planner and yeah. she wanted things in her control. She was very controlling. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I mean, think... she, I don't think she's a horrendous person, but I don't think she's a great person either. No, but I still feel bad for her. Like, I don't feel bad for PQ. I feel bad for yeah. her because it's, she, she did get taken away before her time, regardless. And she did love her husband and her daughter. And it's just those moments where she was sitting there waiting and she was so happy. She was mm. like, finally, we're leaving. I'm going to go with them. This is what I want. And then she was just abandoned. She was thrown away. Yes, they didn't know she was in there. <laughs> But symbolically, she was in there and they still left it. Yeah. Which I I don't, why did they do that? Did they not want her to leave Bly? Were they just going to leave like her behind and everything else behind? I I think for him, just too much tragedy happened there. Both Mm. of his wives died there. 
their sisters, but whatever. Um, and I think that he just needed to not be a part of that anymore. Yeah. It just was too much. Mm. And we then learn that she lay at the bottom of the lake and every night she gets up, you know, she sleeps, she wakes, she walks every night searching for her daughter. Yeah. She goes into the same place looking for her daughter. And this is also now where we find out how time can even start deteriorating the soul Mm. and the ghosts and memory. And she does this walk every night and we find out she kills people along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't, I don't think she really knows why she's doing it. She just does it at this point. It's yeah. just whoever gets in her path. Right. Dead. dead. Plague doctor, dead. Vicar, dead. Little boy that was in her daughter's bed. The little faceless boy yeah. from the previous episode. She's like, oh, <laughs> this is the kid I was looking for. Because she doesn't remember. Right. She just knows that Ugh. there's just something driving this being to sleep wake walk and look for a child and she mm-hmm. after time forgets who that child is so there's just a little boy there she's like oh got it this <laughs> this is the one wrong then, place wrong time yeah dude. and then she walks the little boy into the lake and he dies yeah. and then they're all trapped there in her vortex of evil yeah i i liked how they described it in the show that she created a gravity yeah that pretty much her own purgatory just like keeps people there regardless if they want to or not so Everybody that dies there, not just by her hand, as we've seen Miss Jessel and everybody else, PQ, well, no, PQ did die by her hand. <laughs> yeah, he got the old snap. Yeah. And they stay there, which is terrifying. Yeah. And it's sort of sad because you see the spirit sort of like the the one plague doctor, he sort of accepts it. He puts on his little crow face and he's just like, all right, I guess. This yeah, because I don't think like by that time when their faces start going away, they're like, this is how it is. Yeah. Right? I do this. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and stand in the corner for mm-hmm. the entire season. Sad. Mm-hmm. Really, really sad. And so, then it picks up. Yep. So not only did we have to see Danny getting choked at the end of the last episode, <laughs> we got to see her getting choked at the beginning of this episode. And then it ends again with her being choked at the end of this one. Just in case we forgot yes. that Danny is now being choked by the Lady of the Lake, a.k.a. Viola Lloyd. Kate Siegel. Rude! Yeah. I mean, she was in her path. So it, it just sucks because it's like, you know, Danny wasn't her target. She's no. literally just in her path. And I guess that's the thing, right? It's like you're kind of thinking like, well, why is she killing him? Why is she? It's like there really there isn't a reason. It's just that they're there. Yeah. And they're not her kid. Right. Yeah. Because you saw when she found that kid in the bed, she walked him into the lake. She's yeah. like, I found my kid. Holding this is him. it. She yeah. didn't choke him out, you know? No. So well, she, Danny should just like grab flora that's next to her and be like here here you're a kid, kid, no, kid, no, kid. No. but then i guess she's gonna walk her into the lake and that's a whole other problem oh i mean i was just thinking of self-preservation in, <laughs> so in my dreams like i so in the next obviously the next episode is the last episode i'm sorry i'm jumping to predictions but like this is these are some hopes i have mm-hmm. so i'm hoping that the ghost of mrs gross comes and is like a knight in shining armor and saves them like otherworldly being versus otherworldly being. We also know that Unky is on the way. I don't know. Oh my God, he's taken forever. Yeah, three hours it takes. That's true. And I was also wondering, like, but even if he got there, I don't, like, is there, can you touch a ghost? Can you stop a ghost? Well, so this is, this is my, I have a few questions, like leaving this and going into the finale. Mm. It's like, so did the Windgraves ever notice any ghosts, like especially the parents? 
Yeah. Because this has been happening since the 1600s. Yeah. And it seemed like when Uncle Wingrave was talking about it in his episode, he's like, I saw a soldier. I, yeah. But it, it wasn't clear if he knew it as a ghost or, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Well, he kind of just made up a story for it in order to deal with it. And that was it. But it seems that people who live there do see ghosts. Yeah. At some point in time. There's also this theme and we've. I've talked about it. I know we've talked about it is this, this theme of romance and couples in mm-hmm. this. And our current couple is Danny and Jamie. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very scared Yeah. because all the couples are doomed. Every single couple that's there is always doomed. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm totally nervous because now who's left are like the two, like the three, four alive people. So Flora's alive, Danny sort of alive, Owen, maybe, and Jamie, who knows, but like, Okay, those are your four favorite characters. Yeah, because they're alive. Right. One. <laughs> we have one episode left. Are they all going to make it? Mm. I know. I know. Mm. And like in the last Hill House, right in Hill House, it was like, okay, well, we, you know, oh, a couple of them made it out. You're like, yay. But like, I don't know. Is that going to happen this time? Or are they all well, just the going to be trapped there? In the last one. The dad died, but. You thought Luke died in the middle of that episode? Yeah. Who made it? Luke the older Theo mm-hmm. made it. The older sister also made it. And the writer. All, all the kids except for Nell. Nell. Yeah. Oh. And the dad. Rude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But the dad sacrificed himself to let all the kids go. Oh, I just meant more rude that Nell was the only one that died. Nobody else died of the kids. Oh, yeah. I know. Oh, man. She can't die two series in a row. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Hello? Not Danny. Because if when they make a third one and she's in it again. I'm going to be like, she's going to die. I know the spoiler. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So it's time for our segment. Creepy Kids. <laughs> it's a special listener, Creepy Kid. Welcome to a special edition of Creepy Kids. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a DJ. Like <laughs> I'm a ghoulish DJ. I'm going to play Monster Mash after this. All right. So one of our listeners, Christine, mm-hmm. which Derek knows personally. Yeah. They messaged us a creepy story about their kids i love this yeah so this is what they said they're like i have a creepy story when ness was about two and a half three she wouldn't go to sleep at all i tuck her into bed oh that like into a memory no (laughs) no dream hopping i tuck her into bed and she would tell me she wasn't tired or didn't want to go to sleep one day when i asked her why she didn't want to go to sleep she replied because the ghost talked to me (gasps) no thank you Mm Then, it it continues, one night we had a baby camera in Sam's room. We heard her talking, which wasn't out of the norm. Then we heard an adult voice mumble something to her, and she fucking answered it. No. Scott and I just looked at each other and was freaked. I, I, like, did you move? I don't like that. Did you exercise the room? (laughs) I mean, imagine... On the baby monitor, no. you hear a grown person in your baby's room. Oh, oh, I'm getting the chills. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I. But it's what's funny is that I love stories like this. I like read like those like BuzzFeed listicles of like Reddit answers when it's like, oh, like someone talks to me every night and then they show like they see a picture of like a grandmother that's been dead for 30 oh. years. And they're like, oh, that's the woman that talks to me every night. <laughs> It's not not okay. Not cool. Like man. that, reading that like made my cold brew not work mm. right now. <laughs> it sobered me up. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
this is why I'm terrified to have kids. Because <laughs> they, they're connected to other beings and it's not cool. And then you don't know how to deal with it. And it's not great. What if they want to like conspire against me with some ghosts and try to make me and try to tuck me in? Miles and Flora. Yeah, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Rude. All parents are brave. That's Ghostbusters. True. That's a beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> All right. Next episode is the last episode of Bly Manor. Super pumped. Woo! This episode didn't seem like, you know, the very climactic mm-hmm. stuff. So I'm terrified. In the words of Pitbull, it's about to go down. Oh, my God. <laughs> that came out. Of, I did not expect Pitbull to be around. <laughs> Just a worldwide. <laughs> Just a worldwide. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to A Bite Of, artwork and editing by our own Noah. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at A Bite Of Pod and on Facebook at A Bite Of. If you have questions, recommendations, or just want to say hi, you can email us at abiteofpod at gmail.com. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate and review to spread the word. Hope you join us next time on A Bite Of. Bye. Bye.